We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Twenty minutes a day. 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. What's up, Packers fans, and welcome back to the Daily Draft, brought to you by Badger State Brewing in Green Bay, Wisconsin. I am your host, Ross Uglum, the publisher of Pack Report. I'm very, very excited to be back here on another Monday because, as I mentioned, it means that we're mocking. As I also mentioned on the last time we did this show, we're going to do something uh, a little bit different at the beginning of the Monday shows and, and discuss kind of a draft topic. And this one that I want to discuss now is the Packers draft thresholds and kind of what we talk about with uh, things they like athletically, things they don't like athletically. Sometimes we even talk in such extremes as like he'll be off their board and why some of that stuff matters as it pertains to like what we do, which is really trying to get you guys to know, understand and um, kind of research the guys that are actually likely to be Green Bay Packers. And that doesn't matter that I'm not excuse me. That doesn't mean that I'm not going to talk about other guys, right? Like Mikey Sainer still is on this list. Um, there will be other players on this list that uh, might not be cookie cutter Green Bay Packers and are just guys that I like. 
um, guys that, that I want to talk about and, and guys that maybe I hope they break the mold a little bit for. And they've done that right recently. Um, Amari Rogers certainly was a high pick that broke the mold. That didn't go so well. Jaden Reed was a high pick that did break the mold. That did go well. Um, they definitely broke their cornerback height threshold for Jair Alexander. That went really well. So there are some exceptions that prove the rule, but really what we're trying to get to is like, hey, guys, um, you know, thanks for watching the Daily Draft. These are guys that are likely to be Green Bay Packers. These are guys that, uh, you know, you should maybe watch or get acquainted with because there's a decent chance that you're going to hear their name called by the Packers on draft day. One great example of this, and, and guys, please um, pre-order the draft guide. It should be right here in the description, whether you're listening to this on the podcast form or watching the video uh, with promo code DAILY and get 10% off. That's D-A-I-L-Y. And uh, in that in that guide last year, we, we identified and we, you know, Jacob Morley did it, is we identified five tier one fits for the Packers at wide receiver. Uh, I believe it was JSN, A.T. Perry, Rashi Rice, Dontavion Wicks, and Grant DuBose. And as you might have figured, the Packers had the opportunity to draft four of them. JSN was already gone. And so the Packers actually had the opportunity to draft four of these guys, uh, and they drafted two. So we, we identified five tier one fits, and they drafted 50% of the ones. Uh, by the way, like 33 or 34 guys that got drafted, we identified the five guys they were most likely to take. And of the four that they actually had a chance to draft, they took two. And that's not to like pump us up or, or you know puff our chests out, but the point is... Let's narrow down who you're looking at. Like Otherwise, this draft concept really can become taking information in through a fire hose. And that's part of why I wanted to do the daily draft. But again, we're, we're trying to narrow down what you're looking at and you know maybe guys that you can be interested in, guys that you can fall in love with that actually have a chance of being Green Bay Packers. One of those things that we talk about a ton um, or that I have lately is the super extra large offensive lineman. And uh, what I mean by that is going back, and, and I've, I've tweeted out this graphic a bunch of times where, um, you know, the Packers do not take these absolutely enormous offensive tackles, especially um, if their goal is to play them at offensive tackle. I'm going to go through the list super quickly, and actually I'll share it. I forget that that this is super easy. So I'm going to share this. Um, it's on my screen and hopefully this looks decent on the video here. So if you look at this uh, form, this is the pa- the tackles that they've actually drafted to play tackle. So you won't find TJ Lang on here. You won't find Josh sitting on here. You won't find uh, even Sean Ryan on here. This is tackles that they drafted because they wanted them to play tackle. You look, Zach Tom, 6'4", 304. Jason Spriggs, 6'6", 307. And I've heard he was actually closer to 6'5". Bakhtari, 6'4", 310. Sherrod, 6'5", 321. That's your heaviest guy since 1966 is Sherrod at 321. Um, Bulaga, 6'5", 314. Barbary, 6'4", 305. Clifton, 6'5", 320. Verba, 6'4", 304. And your tallest guy really in the Ron Wolf, Ted Thompson, Brian Gutekunst era is John Michaels. <clears throat> Excuse me, is John Michaels in 1996 at foot seven? So when you see a guy like a couple of years ago, I know some Packers fans sort of fell in love. Fell in love is maybe the wrong word, but got interested in Daniel Falele from uh, the, the Minnesota Golden Gophers. I think he plays kind of sparingly. I don't think he has a starting spot in uh, Baltimore, but six foot nine, like 380, they're just not going to be interested. But honestly, guys, that's still... Even goes down to like a Marius Mims at six seven three thirty. I think it still goes to Tyler Guyton, the tackle um, at Oklahoma. I think it still even applies uh, to whether or not they play Tyler Fuaga at tackle. I think they probably play him at guard. 
Uh, J.C. Latham is another enormous tackle from Alabama that I've seen mocked to the Packers. And it's just super unlikely. Now, here, I, I say that, right? And I, I, I researched this, and you'll notice that I didn't include anybody after round five in that chart. And I'll hear it because I have heard on the internet, in the comments, on the Twitter, wherever. And, and these are true things. You guys aren't lying, but Ross, uh, you know, the, the Packers have, um, you know, Rashid Walker starting. And my goodness, uh, Sheed is, you know, uh, 6'6", 324. That's, that's bigger than any of the guys on that list. Okay. Yep, that's true. Um, the Packers have uh, Luke Tenuta, who's six foot eight. Yep, that's true. The Packers have um, Caleb Jones, who's six nine three seventy. It's all true. Now let's think about how those guys were acquired. Rasheed Walker, a guy I had a top one hundred grade on, they took in round seven. Caleb Jones, they didn't draft him. Luke Tenuta, they didn't draft him. They acquire guys late that don't necessarily fit what they like to do early. And that's based on tape, based on whatever. But that has been the Packers way of doing business for a long, long time. You, you, you go to you see the um, athletic outliers and it's consistently guys that are later on in the draft. Um, great example, Carl Brooks, basically the, the offensive version for me of Rashid Walker. I had a sweet, sweet grade on Carl Brooks and I'm not, this is not, Congratulations, Ross time. That's not what I'm talking about. But I had a sweet, sweet grade on Carl Brooks last year. Uh, I'll look this up really quick, which is obviously great uh, radio here. But looking at my final board um, for the Packers, or excuse me, my final board overall, 66th overall. I know I had a, a, a round two grade on Carl Brooks, 66 overall, or a high round three. I don't have that part of my, my sheet pulled up. And Green Bay didn't take him, I think, until round six. It was either round five or round six, and I think it was round six. Why? Because he's not an athlete. He's, Brooks is not a traditional edge. He's not a traditional interior defensive lineman. He's not a super athlete. He just is not what they normally look like. And he's a really good football player. You know who else is just like that? Kingsley and Igbari, same exact thing. I had a way, way higher grade on Enigbari than where he went. And again, this is not about me. I'm not saying this so people think, oh, Ross, you're a genius. That's that's not the point. But Kingsley Anikbare, I had at 55 overall. Green Bay wasn't going to be interested because he's a 6.49 Raz guy. They weren't going to be interested in round two. They weren't going to be interested in round three. But his tape, he's such a gosh darn good football player that once it got to round five, they were interested. And that's the same exact way that they acquire free agents. The Packers would have never in a million years spent a top 100 pick on Zadarius Smith. But they paid him free agency because he ended up being good at football. He is not even close to their athletic pro profile, but eventually he became really good at football and there was NFL tape that they could prove that whatever he does, while maybe it doesn't you know, line up with our athletic thresholds, he can be a dude. Same, I think, thing really applied when they signed Billy Turner. Okay, He's not the normal athlete. Preston Smith was. Oddly enough, Preston Smith was the type of athlete that they would have drafted, but you've seen this or I've seen this a number of times in free agency where they will go after guys that would not normally fit the athletic profile of guys that, we, that we, they would draft. But once they have NFL tape, that sort of changes the discussion. And once you get in the draft, and this is the important part in the draft, once you get to round five, round six, round seven, and certainly undrafted free agency, 
Green Bay will start to let loose on their athletic requirements. I mean, how the heck do you think Ladarius Gunter ended up being a Green Bay Packer running a 4-7 or whatever he ran? Because they didn't have to draft him. But they liked him as a football player. And by the way, he returned great value for an undrafted free agent. So once they got to the point where they felt like, well, we can sign him for nothing, good. They weren't going to take Ladarius Gunter in round four. But they were willing to work with you know an, an athlete with his limitations as an undrafted free agent, the same exact way that they're interested to see what they can do with a Caleb Jones at six nine three seventy, but they weren't going to use a top hundred pick on him. In the same way that I really don't think they're going to use a top one hundred pick on Latham or Mims or any of the other super extra large offensive linemen that don't fit what they've done in the first four rounds, all the way back going to nineteen ninety six. Um, so that that's our deal, and, and and we're not necessarily in praise of kind of the Packers rigid, rigid, like bigger, stronger, faster is generally better. I think green Bay does a great job drafting. I think they have for a long time Um, being in green Bay, Wisconsin. I love green Bay, right? I live in Fargo. It's basically green Bay West. When you talk about demographics, you talk about population, um, even talk about the color scheme. Like I promise I, I would love to live in green Bay. My family's here. I have nothing but nice things and wonderful things to say about green Bay, but it is not, and never has been a true free agent destination. So, to be a power, which they have been, and I know only two Super Bowl titles only since 1996, but they have been a traditionally excellent football team for the last 30 years. And to do that in a mid-market, in a small market, you have to draft well. Even with a salary cap floor and you know a cap and a floor, you still have to draft well, and they have. And their way of doing things has treated them well. I think they've been a little too rigid at times, but our emphasis on their thresholds what the things that they like to do is a lot less about praising it and a lot less about saying it's awesome and a lot more about really narrowing down the guys that might actually be green bay packers so that you guys the fans the people watching this the people listening to this um, have more of a chance of 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 watching guys and learning about guys that actually might end up on the team okay let's get into the mock draft time last week we uh were comfortable with trades. Uh, So this week we are going to do something a little different, which is totally fine. And we're going to use a non PFF mock simulator. There's some great ones out there, but right now I am partnering with fan speak and they're kind of the OGs like PFF does a great one. The draft network had a good one for a long time. I think their website is back up and rolling and clicking. So maybe we use that a little bit, but fan speak was kind of the OG. They wrote sort of the original software on these mock draft sims called on the clock. And I contribute my big board. So my top 300 is live over there. I think there's one guy still of my 300 that is going back to school. I'm searching for him. I can't remember his name. I saw his name in like a transfer portal article or a going back to school article. God dang it. Um, But anyway, so I think there is one error still um, on the top 300. But we're going to not draft against me because that makes me sad. When you draft against yourself, your own board, um, all the guys you want are gone because they're the guys that you rank highly. So we're going to draft off of their board which was last updated the day before Valentine's Day. So it's a recent board, hopefully not a lot of guys that are going back to college or, or whatever. Um, we'll, bring that, uh, we'll bring that up right now. And there we go. Uh, we're going to draft against their board, the fan speak board. We're going to use user-voted team needs. I think the fans always kind of do a good job of identifying their own team needs. We use the difficulty, the difficult difficulty, um, we'll go fast and we will allow the computer to use a random big board. 
Okay. I'm going to, by the way, you can't see this, but just to the left here, uh, I have, and I'm going to try for you wonderful people uh, to zoom in to 125%. There you go. This is as big as I can get it. Um, I am going to try, I have my own board uh, just to the left of the screen here. So over here, I have my own board, which I'll kind of uh, utilize, of course, as I as I go in. And, and the number one thing that we're, or I'm always looking for uh, in the first round is to check on the, uh, the cornerback position. That's the way that I would like to go. So uh, as of right now, They've got two of my eight, and I've talked about them a ton, uh, which would be the six corners that I love and the two safeties. So that includes um, Quinion Mitchell, who you see, Ennis Rakestraw Jr., who you see, and it does look like uh, four of my guys are gone. That would be my top corner, um, Nate Wiggins. Let's see, are they doing DeGene as a corner or a safety? Looks like DeGene's off the board as well. So my top corner, Nate Wiggins. Um, I would call defensive back, however you want to use them. Cooper DeGene is gone. Looks like Terry and Arnold is gone. And it looks like Kool-Aid McKinstry is gone. However, uh, my number 27 overall player and cornerback six is right there with NX, NS, excuse me, Rakestraw Jr. And my number 16 overall player and cornerback four, Quinion Mitchell, is there. We are going to take Quinion Mitchell at pick number 25. Okay, so um, looking at my own board here, understanding that uh, I do believe Jackson Powers Johnson is gone. He is. That's fine. Um, Looks like Brian Thomas Jr. and Keon Coleman are gone at wide receiver. Also fine. As I kind of work down here, uh, is Fuaga gone? He is. uh, As well as other guys that I really like in that spot on the offensive line, which would be Jordan Morgan appears to be gone. And it looks like Graham Barton is gone, depending on how they're kind of classifying him. Yeah, it does look like Graham Barton is gone as well. So as we kind of work down my board, then you get to player number 34 and number 35. Number 34 is Cameron Kitchens out of Miami as a safety. And number 35 is Tyler Newbin, safety out of Minnesota. And I'm going to go ahead and select Kinchins. And now I'm going to kind of let the defensive backfield alone for a while because we've got a corner that I can maybe play at nickel, a corner I can maybe play outside. And we've got a, in, in Cameron Kinchins, a guy that I could I think could play free safety. And if he can, he's going to be a really, really good box player. He's going to be a really, really, really good strong safety. Um, and, and we've really infused a ton of talent into the defensive backfield. Uh, we're just going to decline all trades today because we're the, the quote unquote different thing that we are doing uh, is just utilizing a um, different mock sim as opposed to, uh, you know, doing a bunch of trades and stuff. This one's super easy for me. Uh, Chris Jenkins is actually higher on my board than the two safeties. I wasn't viewing defensive line as the same type of need. But for me, Chris Jenkins at 58 is a home run. He's my 29th overall player, my number two interior defensive lineman. Pound for pound, I think the best run defender in this class. He's not huge, uh, as I kind of wanted, you know, my my other my defensive lineman add to the Packers room to be. But he is so good at defending the run and so good um, just in general with, I think, a little bit of pass rush upside. 
that I'm comfortable with both him and Jerzon Newton not being that 310-plus pound you know, body. He's just that good at defending the run that even though he's not the body type that I've talked about a ton, he is the player type that I've talked about. So real easy, Chris Jenkins here um, at pick 58. Now I probably need to give the offense some love, right? Uh, not that I'm, I'm sad about these three players because I'm not. And, and you think about last year, how aggressive they were. Yes, Lucas Van Ness, um, you know, was – was the pick at 13, but then you had Jaden Reed, you had Luke Musgrave, you had um, uh, Tucker Kraft, bang, 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 all in the top 100. You know, they were pretty aggressive on offense last year. I'm okay with being aggressive on defense this year. Let's see what we have here in uh, round three. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great, too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, um, this one's easy for me. I, I really, really like Junior Colson, and as you can see at the top of the list, like I know that I'm pick, picking again very soon. I like a number of these running backs that are left over, 
And so I'm very comfortable going and grabbing the the linebacker that I really like in this class, and that's Junior Colson. Even though I just said we were going to give the offense some love, we're going to draft Junior Colson here, and I am going to take uh, my top-rated running back that's left. And looking here, uh, Jonathan Brooks appears to be gone. That's fine. Blake Corum appears to be gone. That's fine. Moving on down my list, Trey Benson is gone. Okay. It would appear that Braylon Allen is gone. Boy, uh, Steve must like running backs kind of the way that I like running backs, which is is fine. The top of his board apparently looks quite a bit like the top of my board. No problems. This is going to... Okay. Let's roll with uh, Will Shipley. That is who we are going to take here. And that was just narrowly over Marshawn Lloyd just because of what I'm I'm kind of trying to accomplish uh, with that spot right now. I'd like a pass catching back. I'd like kind of a third down weapon. I don't know if we've re- – in this simulation, I don't know if we've re-signed A.J. Dillon or not. Hard to tell. Uh, going to look for that Packers um, – right after I take Nickelback Tyke Smith here. Uh, and I'm not sure where they've got the comp pick. So this might actually end this version of today's draft. Um, I was just trying to see if they've got one of the uh, offensive linemen that I really like. And actually, I am going to take Javon Foster. I have him in my like top 120 area. Uh, I, I would have a hard time. I would have a hard time passing him up at this point. So Javon Foster is going to be the pick. Um, Tyke Smith is definitely in this conversation. Ben Sinnott is definitely in this conversation. I don't know if I'm going to get the Alan Lazard comp pick at the end of the fourth round here. I do in PFF. I'm, I'm just sort of understanding that this could end this draft class for this. And it did. And that's fine. It ended the draft class for this um, exercise. I'll just tell you, and I'll include it. I I would have taken probably Tyke Smith to play nickel corner um, at the end of the fourth round, or or I would have addressed the nickel corner position, I would say. But this turned out really well. Uh, The offense doesn't get a ton of love, but I'm very, very excited about everything that Quinion Mitchell can bring. Um, Cameron Kitchens, whoever, you know, you pair him with Darnell Savage, on a one-year deal, you pair him with uh, Jordan Fuller, I've talked about as an option, who's a free agent. Uh, you want to make him the free safety, well, you can pair him with you know, Cameron Curl. You can pair him with uh, Xavier McKinney. Um, you can do a number of different things. You can, you can you know, go back into the safety class in this draft. Uh, Jonathan Owens, if, if that, you know, Rudy Ford, if that floats your boat. But uh, Kinchins, I think, offers you some versatility there for sure. Uh, especially with Halfley talking about the safety position being kind of interchangeable with with Nickel, uh, Kinchin's played some slot corner at Miami and wasn't terrible at it, so that that would be fine. Chris Jenkins is a steal of this class for me to get him, who I have twenty eighth overall at fifty eight is awesome. Going to make you super mean up front, and his college teammate Junior Colson isn't going to hurt there either. I think Junior Colson, uh, Isaiah McDuffie, and Quay Walker would be a an athletic trio at linebacker that we have not seen in a very long time. Will Shipley, 
Um, eventual kind of Aaron Jones replacement does some cool third down stuff, catches the ball well, and then Javon Foster is your mid round future Packers starter du jour. Uh, I think he'll he'll kind of probably fit into sort of exactly you know what they like. I look at at a guy like Foster when we're talking about the um, you know height weight stuff that we were all talking about or that that we were all that I was discussing at the beginning. Six five three nineteen. I mean, he's right there. He's a little bit heavy, but he's below Balaga. He's below Sherrod. Um, can play tackle. Can play guard. Just absolutely what they would do. Um, SEC guy. Uh, again, like I said, just exactly kind of what what they would do. We're gonna head to the um, national mock that we're gonna discuss here on uh, the daily draft, and this is. DraftWire and Kurt Popejoy is the author of this bad boy. And and I always try to shoot for national mocks that people, you know, know about, but but also I really like to shoot for um multiple round mocks. Now there weren't a ton since the 12th. Uh and, and that's you know, we try to get, of course, mocks that we didn't discuss last week. And there are always enough. It's a popular thing. People click on it. It does numbers. You know, it makes your advertisers very happy. We're never a shortage of mocks. Sometimes we are at a little bit of shortage of multi-round mocks. A lot of people will click on a first-round mock. A lot of people don't get as deep into the draft as, um, you know, people that probably are watching this show or people that love the draft the way that I do. So it's not every Monday that we're going to have a three- or a four-round mock that isn't Packers-specific, which is the ones that I do want to do on the show. Now, we'll do multi-round Packers mocks on Mock Draft Monday, on Packer Report, every week. We have every week. Um, we love spotlighting the guys at Packers Wire. We love spotlighting the guys at Lombardi Avenue. We we do plenty of that. Um, but but we will take kind of the approach of national multi-round mocks when we're here on the show. Okay. Uh, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. This is fantastic audio. Shout out to the podcast people kind of that, that hang out here. Graham Barton at 25. I don't love it. I see why it it, it could happen. Um, it, here's my issue with Graham Barton, and I like him. I think he's going to be fine in the league. I think he's going to be a good player. I just don't know what he does super well to be like the first interior offensive lineman that they've taken in a million years. I don't know that he's going to stay at offensive tackle. I don't think at the current roster they would even think about keeping him at offensive tackle. And I don't think he moves people at center or guard the way that a Fuaga does or the way that a Jackson Powers Johnson does. If he's a brick wall pass protector, that has value. Please believe that I understand that. And his versatility has value. I just think Barton has a chance to be sort of the prototypical Packers offensive lineman, which is a very good thing um, in that he's going to be excellent borderline elite in pass pro. I'm not sure that he can move people in the run game, especially if he gets moved inside. And if he can't move people in the run game and he's just another really good pass protecting interior offensive lineman, again, that has value. Some teams that would have tremendous amounts of value. It's also like the exact kind of player that Green Bay has found in round four and five constantly. So why am I burning the 25th overall pick on it? I like Barton. I have a nice little grade on Barton. Um, for me, he is the uh, 32nd overall player has a super high round two grade for me. I would get it at pick 25. I would not be excited about it. Rolling down here now to pick 
41. Tyler Newbin, love that. Um, would not care for one second if Tyler Newbin was the pick at 25. He's one of the eight. Um, I'm, I'm wondering about the cornerback spot at this point, but Barton and Newbin would be fine. I, I'd be very uh, easy to be sold on that class after pick 41. Now, moving down, and I'm doing this live, guys, just so you know, these are actual reactions. Not that that's such a huge deal, but I'm not. This isn't for show. I have not read this mock yet. Boy, I like Jalen Wright quite a bit. I would be pretty upset with this. Um, he's he's a, He's got a, a mid-round, nice mid-round grade for me, round four grade. Probably going to move up after he blows up the combine, which I think he will. I, I like him quite a bit. Um Keep in mind, like my RB one uh, is is outside is is right at the end of the second round for me. I'm giving one running back a round two grade. Everybody else is getting a round three or worse. So if you're going to get a top ten back for me, I I like Jalen Wright. I think where he's actually going to go is more where the Packers are, are kind of likely to 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 take him. I think someone asked me last night. I did a very late night AMA. If I could add one back to complement. Aaron Jones, who would it be? I answered Jalen Wright. I like Jalen Wright fine. At 57 overall, I would be furious. I would be super, super annoyed. Um, over Kinchins, even with Newbin, I, I, I don't know the rest of this. Like I can't see who's still available at corner. Uh, I think that would just in general be kind of a crazy use of, of uh, that be a crazy use for me of of the resources that the Packers have to, to draft basically what I think is going to be a center and a running back. Cause that's what I do see for Graham Barton in the future, especially if he's a green Bay Packer is at center. If you have 25, 41 and 58 and you come back with, you come out with a running back, a safety and a center. I would, uh, I would not love that. I, that would, that would be pretty, that would be pretty tough to, um, to take in if you're talking about potentially needing to replace an offensive tackle. I don't think Barton's an offensive tackle. That's a premium position. Offensive tackle edge is a premium position. I think you could argue receivers, a premium position corner is for sure. A premium position Safety's not. That's why, you know, you look at like pro football focuses, big board. They don't have a safety inside their top 50 because you have to be so good at safety to even crack like the top 20 because of positional value. Um, three would I would I mean I would say it honestly center running back safety three non-premium position with three premium picks this roster is not that good I do need a little steak before you give me all that sizzle okay we are bearing right down on the 30 minute mark thank you guys so much for watching thanks you guys I know this is maybe sometimes a tough listen so I I love the and appreciate the podcast people the video people it's it's maybe not so tough um how can you help us out as I mentioned Pre-order the Green Bay Draft Guide. Promo code DAILY, D-A-I-L-Y, as in the Daily Draft. Uh, check me out. I'm at Ross Uglum on X, formerly known as Twitter. You can become a VIP, which is, is so awesome for us over at Packer Report. Um, the first month is a dollar if you just want to kind of see what we're about. Otherwise, we're, we're often, very, very often, running some specials. Like, subscribe, do all the things that you're supposed to do here on the Pack-A-Day podcast. Have a fantastic rest of your Monday, everybody, and go Pack Go. 